Welcome to the best of the Nick Brown Show, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's your host, Nick Brown. Now we got the Louisiana Tech head baseball coach Greg Goff joining us this morning on the Nick Brown Show. Coach, thanks for joining us. Good morning, Nick. How is everybody doing this morning? Well, you know, John Tabor is certainly, he was in a great mood till he found out that Rick Patino bought his seniors rings that uh, they didn't earn. And I, but you know, I gave him a donut, coach, and it made him feel better. <laughs> you gotta keep Big John, uh, keep him happy. He's done a great job for you. Yeah, if John's not happy, the show uh, doesn't go well. You know, the phone calls we have drop phone calls. We can't get guests. It just seems to happen. The the, the better mood he's in, the uh, the better the show. Coach, you want to start off with a, a big week. One thing when you took the job, uh, you talked about uh, scheduling and, and moving out and playing outside of Conference USA and playing the Power Five conferences, and that's exactly what you've done, and, and a big, big week, big trip over to Fayetteville, Arkansas, where you take on the Razorbacks, not only play them, not only compete well, but you go up there and beat them, and that was a, a big moment for your program. It was, Nick. You know, I thought uh, we really went up there, you know, with a kind of a chip on our shoulder, and uh, really, I thought, responded to a really tough environment and crowd. And just really pleased with how we, you know, we played up there. Um, had some really good uh, pitching uh, with Tyler, and uh, our bullpen I thought was excellent. Uh, and then we had some timely hitting there to get that three-to-two victory. But it was a great, great day for us, and uh, hopefully some more to come as we try to build this thing one day at a time. You know, and, and that's something that uh, you know with Clancy on the mound, and congratulations to him being Conference USA uh, a Player of the Week. And, and that is something you know what you're going to get out of Clancy. And last year when I visited. With you over and over, I always told you to get that big, big, you know, big righty or lefty guy of the bullpen to come in and close it up. Really, uh, certainly improvement this year on your closers. Well, we have, you know, um, we felt like we had to add some depth to our pitching staff uh, from last year, and uh, you know, we did. We've added some guys to it, and we're definitely uh, not a finished product by any means. But uh, you know, we're working through some of that and. Uh, you know, we've had some guys step up in some big situations uh, and, and throw some good, what I call that middle relief, which you, a lot of times that game is decided in that fifth, sixth, and seventh inning. Uh, and so we got some really good, you know, bullpen work up there, and then we gave it to Atkins to close it out for us. So we feel real good if we can get it great and get the ball in for sure. You know, you talk about one thing. We're talking with Greg Goff, Louisiana Tech uh, head baseball coach with the Diamond Report, brought to you by Lincoln Outdoor Living. Coach, you know, the mentality, baseball is one of those games that's real mental, and I think going on the road into a tough environment like Fayetteville, Arkansas, you have to have your head on straight, and that's one thing you see out of these guys, just mentally tough uh, as they go on the road, and that has to be an unadded factor and something that you can take advantage of this season. No doubt. You know, our guys are, um, you know, they love to play the game. They love putting that uniform on, and uh, they're not afraid. You know, we, uh, you know, we're, uh, again, uh, you know, I feel like that, uh, you know, whenever we have a chance to go and play, uh, I think our guys are going to be ready to play. I think they have confidence in one another. Um, and, you know, I thought this, you know, this week up there, I thought uh, they never batted an eye. You know, they never swayed. They, they stayed with it, even when, you know, guy hit the home run to get us down one or nothing. Uh, they came back in the dugout and we we're like, okay, we got you, Tyler. We're going to score for you. And uh, and they did. You know, they responded well. And, and uh, you know, that's what a team's all about. 
It certainly is. I tell you what, it was an interesting. I was riding to a, uh, a playoff basketball game, and it was funny because I had the. Uh, I was listening to Mark Kramer on the stream and watching. I listened to him online, and then I was watching the game. So I got to see and listen, and that was certainly technology is a great thing. Now we move over to last night, disappointing loss to Valparaiso, uh, eight to three, one where just probably didn't play our best last night, Coach. No, we didn't. You know, uh, and we tell our guys all the time two concepts you got to have to have a successful season. you got to pitch every day and you got to play defense. And, you know, last night we didn't we didn't do that. I thought we were okay on the mound. I thought Phil had a good start. His, his velocity was good. Um, you know, I thought their hitters did a good job of battling. But, you know, when you make three errors, uh, two of those three being throwing errors, uh, you know, you don't, I don't care who you play, where you play. Uh, if you don't handle the baseball, you're not going to have a chance to, you know, you don't have a chance to get beat. You know, last night was disappointed with our players. Uh, I know they were disappointed when they uh, went to the clubhouse. And uh, I expect those guys to bounce right back like they've done every time and uh, have a great game today. That's exactly right. Let's talk about today's game. The first pitch is going to be at 2 o'clock versus Valparaiso. I want everyone to come out. And uh, who's on the mound for you today? Uh, we're going to start playing Bristow. Got out of OCS, Monroe area. Uh, he threw real well for us last week. And, uh, we need him to step up. Our plays is a very good offensive team. Uh, you know, I was watching them during body practice, and I looked over to Coach Ostrander, and uh, I was really impressed with their approach. Uh, we got some guys that can really hit, and, uh, you know, it, it's uh, this, this team is, is, is good. You know, a lot of folks don't realize uh, they, they went to a regional three years ago. Uh, you know, they're, they're very solid, and we'll have to come out and, and play our best today. Well, you know, and that's something I want to ask you about, how it came to be with this series, because if you ask any of our the sports audience, everyone's going to remember Valpo from basketball years ago, the Drew brothers in a last-second shot victory over Ole Miss. How does uh, Louisiana Tech, and, and I call them Valpo, Valparaiso, get together to have a uh, baseball series? And they are a good baseball program. No doubt. Um, we, you know, we just, uh, you know, I think they just, you know, are looking for a trip. I know when I was at Campbell, they came over and played us. Uh, they went kind of an East Coast trip, and I think now they're coming more south. And, uh, you know, they called and uh, said that they were going to be in Louisiana and and, and, and wanted to play. So, um, you know, it's, all, it's great to get some home games on the weekend and getting some guys to come down and, and uh, on their kind of their spring break trip. So uh, that's kind of how it happened. And, uh, you know, again, our schedule, I think, you know, says for itself. I mean, I think we're, we're trying to find good teams to play and, and – uh, you know, anytime you get a chance to play a good team, it's going to make you better. Well, Coach, we certainly uh, wish you the best of luck today. The first pitch is at 2 o'clock, and we appreciate you joining us this morning on the Nick Brown Show. Thanks a lot, Coach. Yes, sir. Have a great day. I hope all the fans come back out and uh, watch some good baseball at 2 o'clock. All right. We certainly appreciate it, Coach. Thank you. Well, welcome back to the Nick Brown Show. It's that time again. Lynn Scarborough. Lynn takes you to 10. Lynn from Lindy's Magazine, but he's not in SEC country this weekend. In fact, hook em horns. He's out in Austin, Texas. And Lynn, great to talk to you, but you do many things for Lindy's, and one of those parts is out making those sales calls with marketing as well, not just writing articles. Yeah, I'm our marketing director, and, and as well as, you know, I'm, one, I'm a website columnist and uh, one of our editors and and, uh, and write features. And, uh, you know, you, at, at Lindy's, we have to wear a lot of hats. And uh, one of the things that, that I do is is work with our marketing partners. Ticket City is uh, is our ticket partner, have been for, for years. We're proud to work with these guys. Uh, you'll see them, uh, you know, advertised in our magazines, on our website. 
Uh, when we do ticket promotions, uh, we partner with Ticket City. They're one of the, the largest players in the country. And uh, out here meeting with those guys to uh, set up the plan of what we're going to be doing for uh, for 2016, uh, working uh, working with tickets, and uh, also starting to line up editorial content. We go to press with our SEC edition uh, in about two months, uh, a few weeks after that, our National College edition. And uh, I had her talking to some folks about some editorial content uh, on that. And then last night, uh, I was in uh, Dallas, and um, or actually Thursday night, I was in Dallas and covered the SMU-UConn basketball game. And I'll uh, be doing a column on uh, the, the great season that SMU had this year in, uh, in basketball. So uh, there's never, never a downtime, uh, Nick, in, in what we're doing. What, what was it like? What was the atmosphere like at that basketball game? It's like a tournament game. It was like an NCAA tournament game. And, and it's really the reason I covered the game. It's their last home game. And we won't go into it a whole lot right here, but you'll recall that before this season started, uh, the team was put on probation for a single season, which means they couldn't go to the, the, uh, the tournament, the American Athletic Conference tournament, and could not go to the NCAA tournament. And a lot of teams would have thrown in the towel, but they did not. They were at a crossroads, Nick, and they could have gone one way or the other, uh, either kind of, kind of mail it in, or give it 100% effort, play for pride, and show what, what you can do when you really are dedicated. And they took the high road. Uh, when there was only one undefeated team left in the country this year was SMU, ranked number eight in the country at 18-0. and 0. Uh, They're sitting right uh, right now, I believe, at 25-4, and four, uh, and, and have one more game, have a, have a game today. And if they win that, the season's over. But they'd be, I think, at 26-4, and four, one of the greatest seasons they've ever had, and, uh, and really a great success story. Uh, in, in every way that you can look at it. And uh, it was a very, very exciting atmosphere. A lot of dignitaries were there. Uh, President Bush and Laura Bush were there. Uh, they go to SMU games a lot. Uh, a number of Dallas Cowboys players were there. So it was a, it was a very, very festive atmosphere, uh, a blow-away ball game for, uh, for SMU. They had played at UConn about three weeks ago, and UConn beat them by seven. And uh, last night, the lead got to as much as 29. I, I think the final was about 26. It was a very impressive, uh, very impressive ball game. There, are, there probably aren't 20 teams in the country that are better than that, than that SMU team that I covered night before last. Well, that is certainly interesting. Now we're talking about basketball, Lynn. We've got to move into the SEC in a big day today, uh, especially for a team right here in uh, Louisiana as LSU will travel to Kentucky. But you look at the SEC right now: Texas A&M leading the league at 12 and five, Kentucky at 12 and five, Vanderbilt. LSU 11 and six, and then South Carolina, with that awful loss to Georgia, now finds himself at 10 and seven. But this is a big day of who can play their way in or play their way out. Exactly, and and I think for LSU it's critical because uh, you know LSU has has sort of collapsed down the end. Uh, they've got some they've got some bad losses uh, early on. They had some bad losses, and then they've they've really had some in the in the uh, SEC season here. As, as things have gone down the stretch, and uh, LSU desperately needs to have this ball game. If, if LSU were to to beat Kentucky today in Kentucky's senior game, you could make a case that they that they would deserve to be in. But LSU's already got 12 losses, and if they lose today, that's 13 losses. Uh, you finish down in your conference and have 13 losses and have some bad losses. Uh, LSU's going to have to win the SEC tournament to uh, to get in if they don't knock off Kentucky today. So. So it's huge. And, and to put kind of the league in perspective, we talked all year that this is a Kentucky team that by Kentucky standards is a very average team. And our league this year, the SEC, has been so mediocre uh, and, and evenly balanced 
that a Kentucky team that is not at all by Kentucky standards a good team uh, stands to win the championship today if they if they beat LSU at home. Well, you know, and I think one thing you look at, keep it in perspective. Now, I have made the argument that yeah, a victory over Kentucky today, and obviously LSU would be into the NCAA tournament. Well, maybe a loss at Rupp Arena, and then a win two games in the conference tournament. And I'll be honest with you, Lynn, I'm a little bit selfish because I want to see Ben Simmons play in the NCAA tournament. But looking back over the schedule of LSU, and you've gone over the conference losses, but there's a loss to Marquette just by one point, and that's not bad. But really stands out is losses to North Carolina State and Wake Forest out of the ACC. And, Lynn, I think between those two, they may have – and I'm going to look it up, like 11 conference wins between them. I mean, NC State is 5-12 and 12 in the ACC, 15-15 and 15 overall. Wake Forest, no, 11 is being too kind. Wake Forest is 2-16. and 16. So both of those teams out of the ACC defeated LSU. And so when you really look at the big, you know, everyone always wants to say, look at the body of work. The body of work is not that good. No, it's really not. And, I mean, LSU, you know, when they really needed to have wins, they go to Arkansas and get beat by, like, 20. Uh, they go to Tennessee and get beat by a comfortable margin. Tennessee hadn't won half its games. Arkansas uh, lost by 20-something points to Mississippi State. Arkansas lost on its home court to Auburn. And, uh, and LSU gets blown out by them. And uh, it's just not a, it's not a strong case to be made for LSU. I know it's a, be a popular thing to have a, a marquee player like Ben Simmons there. But and I'm an SEC guy. I'd like for us to get five teams in, but I just don't think we've got five teams that deserve it right now. All right. Well, you you look at four teams in. <clears throat> you had South Carolina with the uh, loss to Georgia. I mean the four the four teams that you're looking: Texas A&M, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, South Carolina. That's the ones. If I if I were betting right now, who would make it? That would be the ones that I would that I would bet would make it. And you look though LSU with a better conference record than South Carolina. It's that overall record, LSU just 18-12 and 12 and 23-7. and 7. Could you make a case, and of course I'm lobbying for LSU right now, make the case that LSU doesn't beat Kentucky, but doesn't lose, not a blowout, goes to the conference tournament, wins two, so that would make them 20-13, and 13, then that loss will be twenty and fourteen with a loss at with a loss at uh, Rupp Arena. Suppose one of those victories is over South Carolina in the SEC tournament. Do you look back now and perhaps I'm just I'm making that case for LSU over South Carolina. Oh, oh no, I, I don't think you can get a, a, a case really for them over South Carolina. Uh, I don't think South Carolina's got as many bad losses as LSU has, and and South Carolina's got a lot better overall record. I think Carolina's got maybe eight losses and. And LSU and the scenario you gave would have 14. This is a rhetorical question to, for which I don't know the answer, Nick. But how many teams with 14 losses uh, have made the NCAA tournament uh, without winning their conference tournament? How many at-large teams with 14 losses uh, has uh, has made the NCAA tournament? I would contend not many. And 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 you, you know, I don't know that a North Carolina Duke, uh, you know, Kansas, those guys would make the tournament with 14 losses, and they would be making it off their reputation. LSU's been a, you know, an, a better-than-average basketball program for, for years, but, but they're, not, they're not Kansas, North Carolina, or Duke. And, uh, and I'm just not sure that a team with 14 losses is going to make the tournament. 
Well, let's have some positive talk from SEC basketball because talking to Lynn Scarborough, Lynn takes you to 10 every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show. And Lynn, I've got to talk about women's basketball in the SEC because you make it could make a case for nine teams to get into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you got nine teams that will make an argument for it. I, I think you're probably going to get seven, but you could have nine teams that can make an argument for it. The real interesting one, of course, South Carolina's the second best team in the country. They they they're like twenty six or twenty seven and one, um, but their one was a blowout loss to UConn, who is so much better than everybody else that it's really not even close. Um, the team, the team that's making the move that will probably cause a couple of other SEC teams not to get in, quite frankly, is Tennessee. This is a, a, a extremely average Tennessee team. And, they're, you know, at one point, you know, they're, they're sitting there and, and they're, um, you know, out of the picture. I mean, they've got 12 losses, and they had lost like three games in a row. They had lost to Alabama, who's, who's not very good, and, and they'd lost, I forget who else it was, but they were like at – 16, I think they were at 16 and 12 with three straight losses. Well, all of a sudden, they come on with three wins, and they beat Texas A&M yesterday in the SEC tournament. So now, all of a sudden, this Tennessee team that's mediocre uh, finds itself, uh, if they win over Mississippi State, they're going to play for the for the tournament. Uh, much like what we were saying uh, earlier, you know, about Kentucky, it being a mediocre Kentucky team, and there they sit. So, um, you know, however, you know, Kentucky, if they could uh, – if they could knock off South Carolina, um, you know, because, I mean, they ran away with Florida. If, if Kentucky could knock off South Carolina, you potentially could have Kentucky and uh, men and women playing for the SEC championship. So, looking on the women's side of the bracket, South Carolina, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Kentucky, Florida, Georgia, 9-7 in the league, 21-9 and overall. Missouri, 8-8 eight eight in the league, 21-9 and overall. Tennessee, 8-8, eight 19-12. Eight, and, and then there's Auburn. 8-8, eight 19-12 eight, and 12 overall. You certainly, with Tennessee's history, like them over the Auburn Lady Tigers. But what about Missouri? Auburn just defeated Missouri in the SEC tournament. But Missouri, with those 21 wins, certainly would be in over the Tigers. So eight or nine teams from the SEC women will probably make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, and it, you know, it's conceivable. The, the thing about the SEC women is that the league is so strong uh, uh, overall much much like in in softball and baseball, um, that a team that's got that's let's say Tennessee's nineteen and twelve and Auburn's nineteen and twelve, um, what would they be? And this is again a rhetorical question for which I, there's it's a conjecture answer. But where would Tennessee be and Auburn be if they were playing in another conference? If they're nineteen and twelve in this league and eight and eight, they've won half their teams in the league games in the league. Uh, I'm going to contend that probably in most any other conference, they've got a, a, a better winning record in their locket. Well, locket man, I know you're SEC right. bias, so you would just go ahead and say they'd be 16 and zero. So I tell you, you just, they'd have four losses apiece. They'd be 27 and four, both of them. 27 and four. There you go. <laughs> who, who at 27 and four is not going to make it in? There you go. I, I tell you what, as strong as the SEC is in women's basketball, you turn around and make the argument Sports in the SEC women's side a lot better than the men because softball is very strong in the SEC. Well, really, I don't know that uh, that a uh, any any conference has ever dominated a sport the way that the SEC is dominating softball right now. Going in, going into this week's poll, and I, I don't have because I'm down here in Austin and I and I did not pick up the the latest poll, but going into this past week. 
of the top 18 teams in the polls, nine of them were SEC teams. Nine of the SEC's 14 teams weren't they weren't in the top 25. They were in the top 18. And of the top three, of the top five, I mean, of the top eight teams, we had Florida was number one, Auburn was three, Alabama was four, LSU was five, and Georgia was eight. All three, all five of those teams have won a game already this week. Uh, they don't have but five losses between them, uh, Nick. I may be off by just a number here, but the top five teams are a combined 77 and five. Texas A&M has the best record, and they're like 18 and one, and they're not even in the top 10. They're like 12th or 15th or something. Yeah, let, let me let me interrupt you right now because yeah. I have a, the uh, opportunity of having a computer in front of me. You don't have your computer in front of you. And you apologize to our listeners, which you always do, because you don't have your notes in front of you. You don't need your notes in front of you, Lynn. You have just rattled off the records of the SEC softball. You have listed every one that is ranked. I have it in front of me. The only thing you missed, Mississippi State's receiving votes. So that's pretty good. Good good for State. No, good for you, Lynn. You know this stuff. Florida is number one, Auburn, Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Kentucky, and Missouri. All are in the top 20 in Mississippi State's receiving votes. Yeah. I mean, and and I don't don't believe any conference has ever dominated. Again, it'd take a lot of research to figure it out. But has any conference – Ever had nine of its fourteen teams ranked in the top twenty, and and they've got every every one of those teams you named, Nick. I don't think the I think the one with the most losses doesn't have like two. I mean, this is dominating ball. The uh, I mean, I keep up with Alabama's and Auburn's closer because I'm out of Birmingham. I know that that going into this week, uh, Auburn's average game was a thirteen to one win. Their average was 13 to 1. Mississippi State had a uh, had a, a a large average. The you know, uh, it's just it's it's just extremely impressive what the Southeastern Conference does. And last year, we had I think we had four four out of the eight teams in the in the College World Series, and I would I would almost bet you right now. I don't know which ones it'll be because they're going to knock each other off, but I would almost bet you that half the College World Series again this year is Southeastern Conference teams. We're talking with Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine, and Lynn takes you to 10 every Saturday morning on the Nick Brown Show. And we're going to make that switch now. We're going to go from the diamond of softball to baseball, where the SEC is just as dominant. The Florida Gators, uh, the number one team in the land, Vanderbilt, A&M, LSU, certainly going to be another great year for SEC baseball in South Carolina and Arkansas. But, Lynn, i got to tell you, Louisiana Tech, Got a victory over the Razorbacks in Fayetteville. Well, and and you've got those polls in front of you. Let's give let's give credit. I mean, you give credit to the whole conference. Who's number one in baseball right now? Florida. Who's number one in softball right now? Florida. What's their combined records? I don't know. You're Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's. You t- now I I have to look up their records. I don't but... I don't think Florida's lost a ball game in baseball. The matter lost one. They're sixteen uh, they, and zero in they, softball. Yeah, and they're sixteen and zero in softball, right? And Man. they swept. They played. They played Miami uh, last week. Miami was number six in the country, and uh, Florida swept them. No, no, they lost on the. They lost. They lost Friday night. They lost the Friday night game. They lost the Friday night game. No. I didn't get to cover that. They lost so the, the Friday night game. So they lost by it. So the Florida Gators baseball and softball combined 
26 and one, and that one loss being a two-run loss to the Hurricanes of Miami. So shame on Florida's baseball team for that two-run loss. Yeah, and, let me, and just and while we're talking about the Gators, I'll throw this in here. They're they're also in the top seven or eight in uh, in gymnastics. Uh, they are the number two. Uh, I think maybe it's number number two or three in gymnastics uh, in men's golf. Uh, they're one of three SEC teams in the top seven or eight in uh, men's golf. And at one point, they were number one in the country in swimming. Uh, Florida, uh, the SEC strong overall, but Florida Gators are setting a really high standard for uh, for for being highly ranked across the board. Would you make an argument that the Florida Gators are the best athletic department in the SEC? Well, right now they are. Yeah, I mean, I mean that you you I mean you got to you got to look at it, it there. Yeah. I mean, when I've I've just reeled off half a dozen sports in which they're ranked in the top ten, and they're not your you know they're not your big money sports, you know, and the the SEC is dominant in in so many sports. So men's golf, women's golf, equestrian, uh, gymnastics, uh, you know, swimming. I mean. It's just across it's across the board, and uh, we we talk all the time about how the SEC has has you know had four teams uh, in almost all the football championship games, four different teams over the last decade, and and talk about football a lot. But uh, the SEC is even even more dominant in other sports than in football. That certainly is the case. But now that you brought up football, that's what we we always have to talk some type of football here because you're Lynn Scarborough from Lindy's Magazine, and and that's just the premier college football magazine and i can't wait to read it to go to the beach but i have to bring up football because harbaugh is at it again now it seems that uh, hugh freeze brett bielema even butch jones well then they wanted to drop in on the uh michigan shenanigans down at the img academy during uh spring break spring practice and uh, the ncaa said uh, no way but uh jim harbaugh came out and uh really told butch jones that he needed to take care of business in rocky top yeah and and up to a point, he's right because there's a whole lot to be taken care of in Rocky Top right now. That's a that's a topic we could do an entire show on about what's going on at Tennessee and how that might impact what was what has the potential to be a a finally you know coming out of the desert wilderness uh, year for Tennessee and then they have all this stuff happen. But I'm I'm very much against this uh, on the road of hundreds of miles out of your geographic territory running football camps. Uh, I, I think it's a bad precedent. I think it's a bad idea. Um, and, um, you know, I, I just, I don't like, I don't like it. And the people that are criticizing it and try to stop it on forum, I don't think it's a good idea. You know, in an era where we're talking about trying to save money and, and we're, uh, we, we put so much emphasis on these things, uh, but we're going to let uh, coaches and their staffs, uh, run all over the country and have football camps in different places. Uh, and here's the thing: you better be careful what you ask for because you might get it. What if Nick Saban? Hey, he used to coach at Michigan State. He's got contacts up in Michigan. I uh, wonder if Harbaugh wants uh, Nick Saban going up and uh, bringing back some of his friendships and having a, a camp for Alabama up in Michigan. Well, I tell uh, you, I suspect, well, he, I suspect he probably does not. Well, I will tell. Um, you, well, I'll tell you this, and obviously, what we're alluding to is, I always like to say in your backyard, but really. Madison, Alabama, our listening audience may not know where Madison, Alabama is. It's northern Alabama, uh, near Huntsville, but it's the home of Bob Jones High School and Bob Jones Elite Football Camp. Michigan staff is going to participate in that, and that makes me wonder, Lynn, do you think when the SEC athletic directors and presidents meet down in Destin, Florida, they may uh, say, you know what, it's okay to let our coaches go all over the country to have camps. Well, they might. 
I, you know, I hope they don't because just, just because one group is doing something that, that I don't like, there's no reason for another group to do it as well. But, uh, you know, Harbaugh, Harbaugh and are supporting that better be careful because I'm, I'm really not sure that they want, uh, the Southeastern coaches, uh, going up and, uh, and doing that. I'm not sure they want Les Miles. Uh, Les Miles has got the Michigan background. Do they want Les Miles going up to Michigan? Uh, do they want their, uh, their hot shot skill players? Uh, do they want Kevin Sumlin and Gus Malzahn to go up and, and start convincing those guys to come down and play in these, uh, uh, high, high powered, uh, fast offenses? Uh, I would suspect that those guys probably would just as soon those people stay in the South. I, I think it would be neat if the SEC came up. You know what? We're going to have a one year reprieve. And all of you are capable of going to the state of Michigan to do camps. I think that, I think that would be incredibly funny. But wouldn't that be ironic? I think it would be great. Well, Lynn, I know you're traveling. Any writing going on while you're on the road, and what uh, what else is going on at Lindy's? Yeah, well, of course, I'm, I'm going to be writing a column uh, on on uh, the SMU game that I that I covered the other night. We'll do that in the next couple of weeks as the season's winding down. I got a couple of other columns that uh, that are that are pretty well finished. Looking ahead toward uh, toward the next college football season, uh, we go to press. Uh, coincidentally or ironically or whatever, uh, eight weeks from today, Nick, we go to press with Lindy's 2016 Southeastern College Magazine. So we are eight weeks away from that. A lot to be done between now and then. A lot of interviews to be done. Uh, a lot of NFL draft uh, to to be taking place. Uh, all of your spring trainings. Uh, and, and doing your evaluation of teams and, uh, we'll be, of course, involved in that. Um, having those magazines going, of course, we're keeping up our website and, uh, www.lindysports.com, two S's in the middle, L-I-N-D-Y-S-S-P-O-R-T-S. Encourage people to go there. And, uh, before you know it, uh, all the spring practices are gone and we've done our football predictions and, uh, those magazines are gone to the printer two months from today. Well, I certainly enjoyed talking to you. I wish you safe travels, Lynn, and look forward to talking to you again next week. That sounds good. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Nick Brown Show. Tune in live every Saturday on ESPN977.com or subscribe to the show in iTunes, on Stitcher, or at redpeachsports.com.